faith, about the church, and about perseverance, really. Perseverance, faith, church, and perseverance, not shrinking back. We're going to be looking at Hebrews 10. Um, If you've got your Bibles, you can follow it along. We're going to uh, be in Hebrews 10. If you don't have your Bible, don't worry, it'll appear on the screen behind me. But if you want to uh, look it up, we're going to start at verse 19. So therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let's just pause there. I have a friend who, uh, called John who always tells me, look out for the small words in the Bible. Look out for the small, the joining words. Words like and, but, with one T. And therefore. Okay, and th- this kicks off with therefore. And really therefore means because of all that goes before. Everything that goes before it. So this word is actually, it's like a pivotal moment of Hebrews. The author's been building up an argument all the way through Hebrews up to this point about who Jesus is, about how he is our great high priest, about how he is priest and king, about how he's superior to angels, how he's superior to everything. And it's all come up to this point. He's been talking about a new covenant, and he's going on to say, therefore, and then the rest of the book flows from there. The rest of the book flows from what falls out of that, what, what conclusions we, that come out from that. But it's all been about this new covenant, this new covenant in his blood. And the word covenant isn't a very um, familiar word to to many of us. It's not a word that's used a lot nowadays, um, the word covenant. And I think when we do use it, we tend to lose a bit of the meaning. So I'd love to um, demonstrate this morning. I'm going to need the help, though, of two people who are quite good at acting. Have I got any volunteers for people who don't mind doing a little bit of acting? Yep. Shaney, get up here, definitely. Anyone like to join Shane? Mitchell, yeah, come on, Mitchell, come up. Okay. Shane, I need you to stand there. And Mitchell, I need you to come and stand facing Shane, okay? Brilliant. Okay, I'm going to move this out of the way and make it easier for people to see you guys. It's heavier than it looks. Okay, so Shane and Mitchell, you're going to help me demonstrate this covenant. Okay. Now, a covenant is an agreement between two parties, okay? Can you shake hands? An agreement with two parties. But it goes a bit more than that, okay? It's going to go a bit more than that. First, we need a disagreement. Now, this usually provokes a bit of a disagreement, okay? Parents will agree with me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this in the middle of you guys. Can you want to take a hand on that each? Okay, this is our disagreement. And the disagreement in this case can be, whose turn is it to use the remote next? Okay, now this used to kick off quite a lot of disagreements in my house. And in order to, to, to make a covenant, an agreement is reached. So the agreement might be, Shane, you can use the remote for the next 15 minutes. And then Mitchell, you can use it for the rest of the evening. Okay, that could be the agreement that got reached or until dinner time. They make an agreement, okay. But in a covenant, we'd get something slightly more than that. Here's a one I prepared earlier. Here's an animal I prepared earlier. This is actually our recent trip to Ikea. <laughs> Lovely. 
Okay, I'm just going to put that in the middle of in, fact, in the middle of you guys here. And Derek has helpfully given me one of these. <laughs> so, oh, isn't it lovely? Now, actually, what happened in a covenant is an animal would be sacrificed, but not just sacrificed; would actually be cloven in two. No, I'm not really going to. It's just for illustration purposes. So. You guys got to imagine, I've split that animal in two. Okay, parents, if you want to sort out disagreements, maybe here's a way you could do it. Um, now, guys, you can put down the remote now. You've made an agreement about that. But in order to seal that agreement, I want you to imagine you've got your two pieces of animal down here, yeah? You guys now need to walk down the centre of where those two pieces are, okay? So just walking down the middle. Okay? Brilliant, thank you. Give them a round of applause. Okay, you can grab a seat. Now, in order to walk, to walk between those parts of the animal, what's that about? I mean, why, why do that? And what it signified was to say, if I don't keep my side of the bargain, let what happened to this animal happen to me. It was that serious. A covenant was, it was an unbreakable promise. If I don't keep my part of the agreement, let what happened to that animal happen to me. So it was, it was a really, it was like an unbreakable uh, agreement. But what was the covenant that God made with us? Well, first let's look at what the disagreement was. Okay, maybe if you've not grown around church, not really kind of know much about this. Let me just say that to start with, God gave us everything. He gave us breath, he gave us our very life. He gave us our gifts and our talents and he made us for relationship with himself. But each one of us has turned our back on him. The, the very breath he's, he's given us, we've used to curse him. We've, in our selfishness and our decisions, we've gone away from God. And so there's like a, a big dividing wall that's come between us and God and our relationship with him. So God made a covenant, in order to, an agreement, in order to deal with that. And his covenant, though, was like this. He said, I'm going to sort it out. I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to wash you. I'm going to cleanse you. And I'm going to transform you. I'm going to make you right with myself. That's, that's the covenant he made. And the sacrifice, we had, we had a, a, a little lamb here, but the sacrifice was Jesus. He is the one who paid the price for yours and my selfishness, your and my sin, the decisions we've made. He paid that price. And this is the, this is the incredible bit. In that covenant, two, the two parties walked down between the, the, the animal to say, we're going to keep to this. But God made a covenant with himself. He said, I'm going to do this. Our, you notice, we're, we're absent from that walk. It's not dependent on us. He says, I'm going to make a covenant with myself that I will wash you clean, I will forgive you, I will transform you. That's the covenant that God made. Which, our only response is, believing in him, that's it. It's believing on him accepting what he has done. If you've never got that, um, perhaps you, you never really understood what a Christian is. A Christian is someone who's just received that offer and said yes to God and made him, or invited him into their life. He transforms us from the inside out. And that's the offer that he made. Okay, you can get excited any time because this is flipping good news, I think. <laughs> that's all in that therefore. So therefore, since God has done all of this, he's made this covenant with us, He's, he's promised to wash us clean and transform us. Therefore, it follows that we can have confidence to approach God. 
because it's based on what he has done. So we can have confidence to enter the most holy place. The most holy place was the, the most holy point of the temple, which only the high priest went in once a year. And that only with a rope tied to his leg. Do you know what the rope was for? If, if he was struck dead in the temple or something happened, they, no one else wanted to go in because they'd die as well. So they, they'd have a rope to where they could pull him out in case that happened. You know, it, it was that holy a place. But we can have confidence to enter the very throne room of God because of what Jesus has done. I wondered, have you entered into this amazing relationship with God? Have you accepted that offer? And if you have, I wonder what, what keeps you sometimes from approaching his throne room? What things keep you from coming to God? Maybe lies like, oh, I haven't read my Bible much this week. Maybe I'm not doing that well. I need to do that first. I need to get this X, Y, Z sorted out first before I can really meet with God. Can I encourage you? This passage says, have confidence in what Jesus has done is enough for you. And you're always welcome before the Father. Let's look at verse 24, 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, God's been speaking to me a lot recently about how I see church. Uh, Last week, visiting City Church was another amazing opportunity to think about this thing called church. And when we talk about church, we're not talking about the building. We are talking about the people. Take a look around, because this is church. You guys are church. And not just us as well. Visiting City Church reminded us that we're a small part in the, the Church of St. Albans and the various congregations around here, which again is a small part of the body of Christ, which is much larger still. And if you've recently joined Forest Town, this is a really exciting time to be involved in Forest Town. There's all sorts of things kind of starting up within the life of the church. There's um, an opportunity for a Christian kind of counselling course going to be starting up. There's, we've got um, an after-school cafe, Christians Against Poverty courses. And there's all sorts of things going on. And even the, the venue itself, um, we're hoping to be used to, to rent out for people to come and use for conferences, for meetings. All sorts of new kind of things are starting up. But each of these things, I feel like, are like little seedlings. Just, just planted, little seedlings ready to grow. And this passage, I think, encourages, uh, tells us that we need to encourage uh, people as they start these new things. It's like plants need, well, they need carbon dioxide, they need water, they need soil, and they need sunlight. In the same way, I believe each one of us needs encouragement to help us to grow. It's, it's part of, you know, psychologists will tell us that for, ch- uh, for children, if they don't get praise, it, it significantly affects their development. And not just praise, but actually specific and sincere. It significantly affects how they go up. And I think that doesn't actually stop when we get to our life. We all still need encouraging. So as the body of Christ, I think it's really important that we encourage one another. And particularly at these times when we're starting new things and new things starting up, it's a great time to really encourage one another. And then verse 25 says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. I wonder, how are you doing on this? I don't just mean coming through the church doors, but how is your passion for the local church? If you've been around church uh, any any time, chances are that at some point, something will happen which will have hurt you, or made you upset, that will have been hard. Now, those things are really, really tough. 
We don't want to at all make them small. But the dangers are that sometimes those things can cause us to just dim our passion for the local church. Sometimes they can lead us just to take a step back. And where at one time we were perhaps the first to say, yes, I'm in for this, yep, or first, one of the first volunteers, or if there's, an, if there's something that the church is doing, you were first to say, yeah, I'm right behind you, I'm up for that. Now, perhaps we just take a little step back and say, yeah, okay. Or perhaps there's something to do with the vision. And maybe in the past you've had a disagreement with a leader about the direction, about where things are going. And if we're not careful, then we can be one who just takes a step back and says, yeah, I've kind of seen this all before. And so we're still kind of turning up, we're still going through the motions. But if we're honest, our passion for the local church is, is not as it once was. I've, I've been kind of reconvicted, really, as I just, in visiting churches and in spending time here, just how passionate Jesus is about his church. We are the hope of the world. There is, this, is, this is the plan. It's crazy, but this is the plan. His local church is the hope of the world. And, and, and Jesus loves his bride. You know, we sang about how beautiful Jesus is earlier. And I was just this thinking, do you know what? And, and do you know what Jesus sings amazingly? He looks at the church and sings it over us and says, you're beautiful. You know, I, I, it was worth, I died for you and it was worth it. I love you and you're beautiful. And uh, I know it's crazy, but when you look at it, we see all the, we see the faults, we see the blemishes, we see the things that just don't quite work right. When God sees us, he sees Jesus and he sees the church as, as glorified. Okay, and I, I, just, I just felt that that verse really, talking about not giving up the habit of meeting together, was just a reminder to say, keep your passion for the local church strong. Now, if, if there have been things which have come in, which you're just aware of, maybe there's some conversations you need to have. You know, if the past wounds haven't really ever been sorted out, maybe you just need to have a couple of conversations there to, say, to, to, to start sorting those things out. But don't let anything get between you and your passion for the local church. Okay. It really is what God is doing in the earth. It really is what it's about. We're just going to skip down to verse 35. So, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that, you've, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will, not, will come and not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. There's a, a famous story about Charles Wesley, a hymn writer. And Charles Wesley's at a meeting, a hundred or so people, and uh, they're in an upstairs room. And suddenly there's a creaking sound. And then the entire floor collapses. And everyone in the room falls through to, the, to the, the floor below. And so the people are screaming, it's chaos, people are crying, some people are just sat there stunned. And out of the, out of the, the chaos, when the dust settles, suddenly Wesley cries out, fear not, the Lord is with us, our lives are safe. Then he breaks into the doxology, praise God from whom, whom all blessings flow. I mean, it's a pretty odd choice of song. They've just fallen through a floor and he responds with, praise God from whom all blessings flow. It's you know, not the song I would have chosen. But it just, it's been on my mind this week because with the things with the floods and, uh, and that going on in the church building, it just it reminded me of that story. And it reminded me of an attitude that refuses to shrink back. An attitude that has unstoppable praise. 
Hmm. An attitude that just says, praise God in all circumstances. And Andrew Ollerton, um, some of you may remember, brought this passage at our 15th birthday as a prophetic word. At the the 15th birthday party of the church, um, Andrew Ollerton brought this as a prophetic passage for us and said, this is key for you guys. And he said it, it was like a picture of some of the years past, we felt like we're on a running track and we're going round doing laps, kind of in training. But he said that what was coming in the next season is actually, we're going to run for it. It's going to be the straight race. You know, the training laps were over. We're going to go, we're going to go straight. And he said that perseverance was going to be key and we need to be not those who will shrink back, but those who will go for it, who will run straight. And there's like a new season of fruitfulness coming. And I believe we are actually seeing the first signs of that. But at this stage, it's important we don't shrink back. And like Charles Wesley's example, how we process things is important, isn't it? How we process what happens in our life is important for how we make sense of it. So, for example, with the building being flooded, it it raises questions like, well, was it random chance? Was it um, some kind of divine judgment? Was it um, just... Like, was it like a prophetic word, perhaps? Was it, was it op- like the devil's opposition? What's going on here? Is it a blessing in disguise? And how we process these sort of things is important for how we respond. Um, me and Bex have had the same sort of thing with our finance. It was really interesting. Um, uh, back at Christmas, um, we were, uh, Bex was undertaxed. Uh, or basically, HMR said, HMRC said, hey, great, you've been undertaxed. Yeah, we're going to give you a £1,000 extra. We're like, excellent, yeah, we can put this in the savings towards the house. Um, and then that Christmas, my car breaks down. So instead, we, we spend that on, the, on getting a new car because it's only good for scrap. And then later in the year, we managed to save £400 extra one month. And I managed to back into a BMW. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and both times, if I'm honest, I felt like, God, what is it about? You know, every time we managed to put some extra money, about, money away to try and save for something... You take it away again with something. God, what's going on there? Whereas Bex had the absolute opposite attitude. Her attitude was one of faith. She said, God, I'm so thankful that every time something happens in life that's going to cost us money, you've provided some more in order so that we can, we can meet that need. It's the same event, isn't it? But she had an attitude of faith. And I'm sorry to say in that one, I was like, no, God, why has that happened? What about you? What circumstances are happening in your life right now? What's causing you to, to want to shrink back? Maybe it's financial, maybe it's job-related, maybe it's just the stress of life, kids. What is causing you to, to want to throw away your confidence that God can meet your need? You know, Robert Murray McChain said, if I could hear Christ in the next room praying for me, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. And yes, yeah, it's, it's good quality. <laughs> Feed on that. He's praying for you. Our great high priest is praying for you in every circumstance. You do not need to fear. So, with the building this time, I've, I've just had a different attitude. And um, I've loved seeing God at, at, mist, at, at work amidst all of this. But here's some, just some of the things I've just seen God at work in. He's reminding us that the church is the people, not the building. He's reminding us of how important it is to have unity. And the great time we had with, with City Church in, in having just fellowship with a local church. Do you know what? Out of that, there's a possibility of possibly a Sunday evening worship time coming up together just between the churches. Say, why not? Let's get together and praise. I think it's a great idea. 
How's a crack on that would be just to get together and worship together? You know, again, it, what a testimony to the world says, you know what, here's two churches, we get on. We actually like each other, you know. <laughs> I know that's weird, but we actually do. We follow the same Jesus, and we really like each other. It's come at a time when it's not a big ha- headache for Ant and Helen, so they can get actually proper break. They need it, and it's, I'm, I do, I'm really thankful for that, actually. It's also come at a time in when we haven't had to cancel too much in terms of use of the building, because it's coming in the summer, and there's not too many things that we've had to say, sorry, we can't now do that. In the conversations we've been having with the workmen around and w- about faith, it's just been absolutely amazing, just those opportunities. I'm really, I'm thankful to God for that. And in our relationships with local businesses too, they've been really strengthened because there's been a sense of everyone's in it together um, the second time because everyone kind of got hit. And so there's that sense of we're, we're in this together and that's brought us closer together. These are all reason, reasons to praise God and say, thank you, he is the king and he is reigning. And I just think that is, that's the attitude we want to have. So take that and apply that to your own, own circumstances at the moment. What are you facing at the moment? And what reasons can you find to praise God? How can you be those who don't shrink back, but those who believe? In a moment, I'm finishing. We're going to um, share communion together. Um, afterwards, we'll have a chance for a song um, or two. Um, but let's just take a moment to respond in prayer, shall we, where we are. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that we can approach your throne with confidence because of what he's done for us. If there's any here who've never placed their trust in Jesus, I'm just going to pray a very short prayer now for a chance for you to do that if you'd like to. And Father, thank you what Jesus has done for me. Thank you that you've invited me into a relationship with you. And this morning I want to receive that relationship. And I want to, to meet with you. Would you come into my heart? Would you meet with me? Would you forgive me my sins? And would you transform me from the inside out? And I choose to place my trust in you. And Father, for all of us, we also ask for faith to hold true to what you've done for us. When those nagging doubts come in and we feel that we can't approach you, would you come and would you just sprinkle um, your cleansing on our conscience that we might not fear, but just meet with you in whatever we're facing. Help us to celebrate the local church. I pray for any here whose passion has dimmed over time and are carrying wounds, for any conversations that need to happen. Pray for your redeeming work, God. Set us on fire again for your church. Help us to see how much you love the church. And help us, God, not to shrink back in whatever circumstances we're facing in life. Whatever we're facing, God, help us not to be those who shrink back, but those who trust and those who follow.